Greetings, hockey fans, and welcome to yet another riveting episode of the Seeing Red podcast here on a somewhat snowy Wednesday evening with the Flames in action down in Nash Vegas to take on the National Predators just before American Thanksgiving. It's 8.30 local puck drop, something like that. Like, you got to think they're going to be well lubricated in Nashville, um, ready to cheer on their hometown Preds. I don't like their chances because the Flames are starting to find their footing a little bit, and uh, I'm eager to chat about them. With this week's guest, uh, I have dubbed this podcast Call Him Daddy for um, obviously a a terrible play on words on the much more popular podcast and uh, a much more popular guy than myself, uh, Colin Urquhart. Welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Uh, Colin, um, I am very eager to jump into all things Flames with you. Um, especially with the fact that they're playing right now, I feel like I just, I'm full of takes. I'm ready to get going. But before we do that, I feel like I've made a few, um, I've jumped right into the conversation of the past and haven't bothered to really introduce my guests. So this might be the first time someone's going to introduce themselves on the Seeing Red podcast. So I want you to say your name and one interesting thing about you. And then maybe you can tell us who your favorite flame was. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Colin Urquhart. Um, interesting thing about me is uh, uh, I like to party, uh, plain and simple. Oh. Uh, bold claim. If uh, if you're in my circles, you you might know you might know that personally. But right. um, favorite favorite Flames player. Ah, that's a tough one. Um, that's a tough. I one. know, full of surprises, man. I was just talking about Dennis Gilbert. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he just dropped the mitts. So, hey, what have you done for me lately? Right? <clears throat> exactly. You know, I'm I'm trying to think here. I mean, Backlund is Backlund is always kind of my guy. And if yeah, you know, if you, you know, know me, I always well. talk. I always talk highly about Backlund. Always have so. I'd see We're right now on the Flames back one for sure. Awesome. Okay, great. I knew you were also a man of culture. Uh, I do have to take up one thing with you. And actually, Cody, now would be a great time for you to hop in here. Um, but I've heard that only Cody parties. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not entirely – this is kind of awkward. I feel like we should have gone through this in pre-production. But Yeah, nobody parties but me. <laughs> And me. And me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Great. You nice. can't so say that you party. I just said that I party. <laughs> okay. Well. No, Colin, I know for a fact you don't party. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, love it. Okay, great. So, Eager McBeaver here wants to start talking Michael back on stuff, bro. He didn't even break 500 points until last game. We still got to break down the first two since we last chatted. Uh, as is customary on seeing red. So when we last left, we were about to take on the, at the time, best hockey team in the National Hockey League, certainly by points. And if you look at the player standings, they got the leading point getter, not only amongst defensemen, but among all skaters. And one recently dubbed Captain Quinn Hughes. Uh, They have a guy that was going to get traded for spare parts and fucked around and now scored 13 goals already in Brock Besser. And then of course they have um, the boy wonder Elias Pedersen. Although I feel like he's starting to become a whole ass man. um, Despite the fact he's still a little baby faced assassin esque. Um, And they came into Cowtown and they left embarrassed after a five, two drubbing at the hands of the Calgary flames. Uh, Love to see it. I I know that everyone's trying to be like, yo, we're trying to lose. We're trying to up our draft position. Um, but it always feels good to beat the Vancouver Canucks. I hope if we play them every year, we're 6-0. Uh, absolutely. 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 And I'm glad you felt that way as well. Uh, yeah. What did you think? I thought they looked pretty good. And I think that that was kind of like a real statement game um, after kind of just getting by the skin of your teeth the week prior after that long road trip. That was like yep. some good momentum. And I think we're still seeing the afterburn of that right now. Yeah. Um, no, they looked good. They looked like that was kind of the game where they kind of got their footing under them a little bit. Uh, a couple different line combinations we started to see. Um, the I think the young guys getting put into this lineup are, are really sparking the team. I think it's uh, giving the veterans uh, a little bit of nerves. 
because there's mm. yeah they know that there's young guys gunning for their spots and they're gonna yeah. play every single game like it's their last game um they're not complacent they don't have anything to lose so right you know they're 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 playing hard and you know uh Pospisil and Zari are absolutely on fire right now um you know possible has been itching itching to get in into a into the NHL for a while he's been on the Wranglers for I think like four five six seasons and hasn't gotten a sniff yet at the roster so he's He's pushing hard, and Zari, I think, is a generational talent. Uh, just a, wow, a, a generational one. talent, a sneaky one. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I've been saying the Oilers, the Oilers got their Connor. Oh, Chicago's goodness, got their Connor, and we got our Connor. So hopefully, hopefully he, you know, he, he keeps this rolling for a while, and he's young, and you know, he's. I think he's going to be here for a while. After that first game, I I said it. I was just like, he's on the team, like. There's, you know what, man? We're gonna make moves around him to make sure he sticks around. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I hey, whatever, man. Your team fucking rules. Whatever. Why shouldn't we be clapping up Connor Zary, who is have been every bit as productive on a per game basis as Connor Bedard? Hey, you gotta love your guys, right? Um, and Marty Pospisil, you want to talk? What have you done for me lately? You want to talk about who's my favorite flame? It's always gonna be Michael Backlund. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Right now, I'm going through a little bit of a Marty Pospisil era myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to talk like the cut of his jib. That dude, uh, Brad Tree Living, very famous for saying that dude could find trouble in church. And quite frankly, my dear, I tend to agree. Like, that guy is, he makes no deals on the ice, and he's got some hands, and the cherry on top is he's got the tinted visor. He's you know, got. The, I was about to say. I was. I, maybe you were saying. I was like the tinted visor. Bold move, going going in going to the NHL as a rookie with a with a vise tint like that. But I got to tell you, man, he's he's working it though. Like I don't like I I judged it right off the bat. I was like, who's the guy with the tinted visor? That's a, a joke. And uh, no, it's not he's a joke. It. No, he's backing it. He's working it. I love it. <laughs> no cap on God, as the kids say. When I saw that tinted visor, I knew he was the chosen one. I knew it right then and there. Uh, so, and you know what? Um, I hate to throw your generational talent under the bus again. I love the energy, but uh, <laughs> Connor's there. He's sitting tonight. So he's sitting tonight, but he's. Uh, I think yeah, he's sitting because I've, he's he's nursing some nursing some injuries and bumps and bruises. Totally, totally. So, uh, but also, um, you know, he got glued to the bench. Uh, in the third period of the last game so yeah. i think it's a little column a column b it, it you know be, one, yeah. one hand might wash the other here maybe he wasn't playing as good as he could be because he's dinged up but again i'm just i'm i'm you know i'm totally just shitting you because uh i love connor's area i was not expecting the generational word to be thrown around but <laughs> hey you know what it might be a bit bold i hope you're right honestly honestly because that would be great. I, I think i just That's... have high hopes i think he i think he just looks he kind of looks like he's in that avenue a little bit. Like he, you know, the way he sees the ice, he's got ridiculous patience. Um, he's, he yeah. slows the play down. He takes control of, of the play. He's, he, you know, literally play makes, he, he stops <laughs> the play and he looks up ice. He slows everything down, lets the boys come back. It's a little reminiscent of, of a guy that, you know, used to be on the flames, who Cody mm. has some hard feelings about. Uh, he wore number 13 a year or two mm. ago. And, you know, he did that a lot. He slowed the play down. He looked up ice. He, he got the boys back and, and set up, set, set up the systems. And, you know, Connor's always really doing that with, for the team. And, you know, he's putting the puck in the net and getting points and he's injecting some, some youth and some energy into the lineup. And I think that's what the flames have needed for a long time. And I just don't think the, that management and, and the coaching staff have been brave enough to dip into the, into the minors to pull up these younger guys that we have. And I think it's a waste, a waste of talent because you see it with, you know, Matthew Phillips, like, you know, he's not doing super well with Washington in the NHL right now, but I think that was a bit of a wasted opportunity. I, uh, it's interesting that you bring up Marty Phillips because that was someone I was really nervous about heading into also, by the way, I know his name is Matthew. I don't know if anyone's going to watch this outside <laughs> of like our friend group, but uh, yeah, we 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 turned Matt's into Marts over here too. So I know his name's not Martin Phillips. Matthew Phillips, 
Maddie Phillips. Maddie Phillips. As, as the, the locals call him. Very nervous about because I had the same, especially after his torrid preseason. I'm not going to lie. I was starting to sip the Kool-Aid a little bit, just being a tortured Flames fan and having this happen 85 different times where like <laughs> someone leaves here and goes on to somehow like turn their whole entire career around. Like they look terrible here and are amazing somewhere else. Um, but I mean, he had two of his four points on the year against us. Yeah. I think he's taking something like 18 or 19 shots and I'm not, I don't wish any ill will on him at all because he's a Calgary guy. He's a short King like myself. <laughs> like I am rooting for this man, Absolutely. but I also kind of found it, uh, you know, too hard to ignore that. Like for years, everyone's like, no, like you're very good in the A. You're very good in the A, yeah. but like I don't really see it for the NHL. Um, and furthermore, and like not to be a fucking shill or a bootlicker for for the management group or anything like that, but I think Connor Zary is a dude who's had to like sit and wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he was cut uh in the preseason, right? Like they sent him down to the A and they're like, You need to keep working. Yeah. And clearly that coaching has worked because he's come up and hasn't missed a fucking beat. Um also the flames like for their many, many faults, like they turn some farm hands into some real players. I feel like uh, the pro level uh, or like the AHL level turning into the pro level is actually something this org kind of does well, because even on this current roster, the fingerprints of that are all over the place, right? Like Majapani, Anderson, Backlund's yeah. homegrown, um, Dubé's homegrown, Dewar's homegrown. Like all these guys are like our guys that like we, you know, draft and water and nurture. So yeah. I think while I agree with you that they were certainly too much reluctance to get the kids going. Um, And I think a a big byproduct of that, quite frankly, is in roster construction. And I think we're going to kind of witness it in the coming weeks with guys like Pelche, who's supposed to get healthy. December is supposed to be early, but by January, he's going to be knocking on the door looking for some playtime. Matt Coronado can't stop scoring in the A. Yeah, he he is too good for that league. He'll be fine. He's knocking on the door as well. Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's young. He's, he's got fine. plenty of time. Oh yeah, absolutely. But and that's he's what those managers do. they're not rushing it. It's just like, yeah, know, they're taking you, their time. Yeah, you've played eleven games, eleven professional games, and all those have been in the NHL. Like, why not just get you down there, pump your tires, like do your thing, walk around some guys, put the pucks in the net, and then come try again. I do think you make a good totally. point about about just the personnel on on the Flames. It, you know, can be wishy washy sometimes. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, I feel like sometimes these guys, it, it, on paper, it all makes sense. It all looks good, but I just think some of these player types just don't quite gel with yeah. each other. It's yeah, tough to have. Just... It's tough to put the puck in the net when you have, I think, I don't know, eight to ten of your of your forwards are all the same type of player. They're all just mm-hmm. either power forwards or playmakers. Like you got a couple two way forwards in there. There's no guys that are snipers there's no there's no finishers on the really the team when 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 Kadri and Manjipani are your your finishers there's going to be some tough tough games and I think that's why that that putting some young young guys that are itching for a spot on on the roster or is what's helping this team right now totally totally um but also you know I kind of made the point last week where it's like you got to take your time with them like Mm -hmm. I that's I think that's another thing that I kind of worry about with the whole rebuild aspect is like if we were to tear it down to the studs, which by the way, I don't think is happening anymore. I was always kind of of the mindset that that seemed um, truly rash and like, you know, a a complete over adjustment to kind of how things are run. Um, But certainly with the flames, recent run of play five, one and two in their last eight. And, you know, they're very much in this hockey game against Nashville. At least I think so because I can't watch and record at the same time. They're near Um, mission. Okay, great. (laughs) You're good. Uh, yeah, so you put these kids in the NHL and they just get steamrolled. They don't develop any confidence playing against the appropriate skill level. That's how you stunt these guys. That's Absolutely. how you end up spinning your fucking tires like the Oilers, right? Uh, yes. No You're shade. Right. No shade. Dollar in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I would say, like, yeah, it's. I'd like to see more kids for sure, but I also feel like us as fans might be we don't see them all the time. And the guys in the building, you see them all the time. And they're like, he needs more time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. 
right? Yeah. And the byproduct of that is we do actually graduate some dudes. We don't, but we yeah. have to because we never draft the guys who are ready exactly. from the jump that go one, two, three. They need development. And I think that's why the Calgary Wranglers are so good right now is because of that reason is because a lot of these guys – have been on the roster for a while and they're developing or they've been in the, or they've been in the minors for a while and they're developing still. And you, you see it in, in Manjipani, you see it in Anderson, you see it in Dubé, like, you know, those guys all spent three, four, five seasons in, in Stockton and look at them now. Like I've always followed the Stockton heat and, and now the Calgary Wranglers. And, uh, and I remember watching, like some clips of Rasmus Anderson. He was at one point leading the team in points as a D man. I was like, this is going to be our guy in like a couple of years. Like, yeah. And look at him now. Right. And he's, he's one of the studs. So they do a really good job of keeping them down there and developing them. So I, I definitely don't think, yeah, I think that's a good, uh, a good point there. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Anyways, for sure. Agreed. The uh, I, heard, I, I forgot that we were talking about, um, the Canucks game. We and spun way off. Yeah, and that's we really spun. I spun way off. No, no, no. That's all right. Hey, that's why we're here. This is, uh, this is you know, podcast format, long form audio. Oh, it's it was a little this. It's a little that. The Canucks game. No, it was a good game. Steamrolled them. Uh, boys played well. Kadri and the kids. We yeah. we can we can transition this. So Kadri yeah. and the kids had a really great line. Really uh, good line. That's and, and that's why it was. That's where the spinoff happened. There is where. Uh, yeah, they him uh, him with those two the two young guns, uh, Sharon Kovich, and I think it was uh, Zari on that line on that during that game, I believe. Yeah, um, really, really sparked sparked the team up and and got them going to generate a lot of offense and a lot of chances. They had a lot mm-hmm. of chemistry too, and I don't, you know, I, I obviously uh, Zari's out right now, but I really want to see that line back together. You know why? Oh yeah, why, why break it up when it worked, right? I, I actually think um, there were there were a lot of ways we could have splintered off from the Vancouver Canucks into the one of the many things we just talked Absolutely. about ad nauseum. But I think one of the interesting things you brought up was this idea of like if you were putting the Flames in Shell and you looked at everyone's like player archetype or like player type, right? Yeah. Um, there wouldn't be a lot of like hundred percent lines. At least there weren't. Yeah. Until recently, where it kind of feels like they're figuring it out a little bit. Exactly. But I think the combination of Kadri. Pospisil, Zeri really kind of complement each other because I oddly feel like, and like this is just some like dude who smokes too much weed type of shit, but uh, like I bet you Kadri sees a little bit of himself in both of those players, and I bet you those guys see the same in them, in, yeah. in him, right? I, and it's I like, agree completely. And, and it just works, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great situation where you have a dude like Kadri who has played in big markets, has played in big games, has literally won a Stanley Cup, uh, to be like, okay, hop in under my wing and I'm gonna show yeah. you around. Um, and I think he's been. I think, kind of- I think they've been trying to find that right mix with for him mm-hmm. because I think that's what management and what the coaching staff want out of Kadri. I think they want that exact totally. role, but it's just like I kind of said it's tough when a lot of these player types just don't mix well in my opinion Mm -hmm. and from what I see. Um, But they're very similar players, not player types. Like they move very well. They skate very well. They're all very good skaters. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they all have pretty good vision and it's just a matter of kind of combining that together and, and making sure like one guy's the setup guy, one guy's the, the finish guy and one guy's the, I don't know, the go-getter yeah. guy. <laughs> totally. uh, so I think that's a I think that's a really good line that they got to keep together, for sure, for sure. Um, right around the time of Vancouver, and certainly into the game against the Island, we're chugging along here. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, Michael Backlund, and Blake Coleman seemingly started to gel as a line. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not you surprised. Could put anybody with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman, and they would look pretty good. It's been a little surprising that it's taken this long. Mm-hmm. I would say that um, now seeing that it's worked for the last couple games, you know, so far so good. Everybody knock on some wood here, but yeah. Huberto's had probably his most productive stretches of flame. It's a modest five points in three games, but we'll take what we can get. Uh, certainly me where, you know, not that long ago, 
kind of one of the the downsides of running a podcast is you get to hear your terrible takes over and over again. And I'm like, it's never going to work in Calgary. He's got to go somewhere else. <laughs> and so far, so good. I mean, I hope it works out for him. I, I hope he keeps up with his pace. And I'm, I'm proud to, you know, eat some crow on that, um, especially if it works long term with Backlund and Coleman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think. He, yeah, I mean, I, I can't lie. I've said recently that you know we got to ship we just got to ship them eventually here or something if it mm-hmm. if it's not going to work out but uh you know i think i i know what to expect out of them and i think a lot of calgary fans um had unrealistic expectations just based off of the season he had that last season in florida um but what this is my hot take on huberto and it's my hot mm. take that i've been mm. i've been spreading around uh and uh it's that this is the, you know he's he's still kind of finding his his way here and obviously trying to figure out who's gelling with him but in florida it, that was a completely different team and a completely different caliber they were especially when he really started picking up his points they were already you know a deep playoff pushing team potentially a contender in the last two or three years there that he was there um and you know, but so are we. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I sorry, sorry to cut you off there. You know, yeah, I don't know. That's all good. Uh, I just, I don't know. I it doesn't carry a lot of weight with me. Hey, listen, if if this is actually Jonathan Huberdo now, and he is playing great, I, I've dubbed him Uberdo. If he goes back to be like you know Umlaut with a U, like mm-hmm. Uberim. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if he's Uberdo and not like you know what we've seen the last x amount of time uh i'm happy to eat crow on this because yeah. that's the guy who we thought you're bringing in when you bring someone in for ten and a half million dollars you yeah. think that this guy can play with anybody it's right? true it is and true. you're calling on him to make everybody else better you don't want him to be a byproduct of what everybody else is doing it's actually the opposite you want him to influence what everybody else is doing yeah right so i mean yeah so let me just yeah let me just di- dive into that a little bit more before i lost my train of thought it's just mm-hmm. um you know, before I think it was 20, 2016, 2017, he's always been a top six forward. He's always been a top six guy, but he certainly wasn't a, wasn't a 100 plus point player. Um, mm-hmm. It took him, it took him a few seasons to to get into that. And especially when he started playing with Huberto and uh, it was, it, you know, he was a 55, 60, you know, 70 point per, uh, point guy a year. Right. And, uh, you know, and there was a huge drop off, but I just think that's kind of what we're seeing is that, you know, early Huberto that was trying to find his, his, you know, his game and trying to get that chemistry. Uh, and unfortunately we just on the flames just don't have a Barkov, right. We don't have a guy like that. Bro. Uh, yes, you do. Michael Backlund. Look at him. Michael Backlund. Yeah. Look at him. He's, mean, he's doing it. Boy. He's our guy, but um but i mean look at them now right so i think it just like i said it's just it might just take a little bit of time uh and obviously some line flopping to figure it out and and to get them back to that you know over a point per game or uh you know a 90 plus point player but uh you know i think he got a bad rap last year and everyone's just like what a that was like pitiful kind of thing it looks bad especially when you have 115 points and you drop to 55 but you know when you Mm -hmm. look at his early years playing in the nhl that's what he was doing he was getting 55, 60 points. So I think we might see we might see better from him in the next couple of years. But uh I think, you know, it's for me, it's fair to it was just fair to expect that, you know, we're just gonna see 55, 60, 65 points this last year, maybe this year. Man, I uh I gotta be honest with you, because we chatted a little bit pre-show as you know it's a tough take. It's a it's a hot take. I was going to say, you're like, yo, I have a scorching Huberto take. I'm like, dude, where were you three weeks ago? That's when we needed it. I know. And you went the complete opposite direction. I know. Which is, you're you're Huberto apologist. You're like Huberto truther. You're like, yo, actually, he's getting a bad rep. Yo, actually, uh, you know, he never really scored that much in Florida. Was carried by his line mates. Like, I did not see that one coming. That's a hot take, man. And uh, and uh, like yeah. Cody, Cody, t- he texted me last week, and he was just like, "Your hot take might not work anymore because he's kind of taken off now." And I'm like, 
damn it. I'm still going to talk about it, though. <laughs> yeah. No, but, absolutely. That's um, oh, just my thought. Well, Food for thought. I mean, listen, Jonathan Hubert Oak is still... I mean, at this point, if he ends up 60, 55, 60 points, like we take it for sure. We'd love that. But I am not so patient. I'm like, yo, like if you're earning 10 and a half, we need 10 and a half production. Um, It's unfortunate, but that's that's what like we need. Like literally, yes, like we are are allocating a big portion of cap to you. Like you can't not be giving yeah. us points there. Those, those um, are the breaks with with that kind of with that kind of the transaction, right? When you when you yeah. when you're on a, a cup contending team and you have 115 points because you just absolutely had insane chemistry with you know Bennett and Duclair, and I think that yeah. was the lines that he was kind of on and and Barkov on the power play, like you know it was a crazy team, and and then to you know, to have that reputation from that year and then previous years where he had like 92 points, um, you know, the flames are going to pay him. Right. But you know, if you don't put guys like, if there isn't guys like that on the team that they actually play him with, it's going to be tough to get that. If we're talking hot takes and we're talking zigging one another zag, like I actually take the fact that he was his most productive with Sam Bennett, who we know, know quite well here. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Duclair, Anthony Duclair, who maybe has two goals on a team with maybe 18 between the 20 of them uh, in San Jose. Which is pretty good. <laughs> That's true. Given My percentage the, is pretty good. That's pretty good. He's got oh, 10% yeah. of their goals, right? Yeah. Uh, if, if he can find chemistry with them, then all of a sudden I'm a little bit more encouraged about the quality of linemate we have to surround him with for mm-hmm. him to get the most success. And I think it actually really kind of speaks to your earlier point of like, you just got to find some complementary skill sets. You know, Daryl, big D, as he's referred to in the locker room, he loved to say that, you know, the two, what, what are the two fucking keys to your game? Know your role, maximize your skill set. It's that fucking easy, guys, right? It's like, know what you do yeah, and do it really fucking good and just trust everybody else to do that. And bada bing, bada boom, we'll make some magic. Uh, easier said than done, certainly. Okay. Um, okay, so the Isles, we lost that game. It's too bad. Uh, a lot of fight. Another three-one comeback. Uh, great to squeak a point out of that. Yeah. And then uh, the game against the Kraken. Hilarious that we have a little streak going on in Seattle after we were the streaked team on two different mm-hmm. occasions. But for whatever reason, if the Flames are in Seattle, what like why isn't that the road trip? You know, yeah. If if you're a Flames guy, you got to take the boys down to Seattle, like cool town. You can watch yeah. some football, and the Flames are guaranteed to win. Am I talking myself into a Seattle trip? I might be. You might be. I mean, I might be convinced. Okay. All I right. Might, Let's take the show on the road. I'm down. Okay. I mean, I do. I am the party guy. I do like the party. Oh, okay. Say word. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Hey, bringing that back. Have you ever been to uh, Seattle? No. No? Yeah, I haven't either. No, but I know I heard like, that new arena is nice. like four people that have gone in the last like two months. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's like a, what's that's such a place? classic Calgary like getaway. Yeah. You know, Seattle for the weekend. Seattle for the weekend. Jesus. I'd rather go to Mexico, but, yeah. but if it's with you, we'll go to Seattle. I'll go anywhere with you. All right. Um, but yeah. Okay. So Seattle game, the little streak. Uh, it's great that they won that game because that's one of those proverbial four-pointers. That's one of those teams that you're going to try to be chasing down for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that actually kind of brings in another thing I kind of want to ask you, where it's like the the new-new, the stuff that the media are trying to spin is you can kind of, if you're the Flames, you know, rewind to two weeks ago, the sky wasn't falling because it was already on the turf. You know, like we were already standing on it. It was over. Yeah. You know, it was Michael, Michael Scott going in to tell the office after he knows he has to go and be strong and put on a brave face. Um, we're screwed. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, the beauty of the are. roller coaster of the NHL, eight games later, you're very much in the hunt. Um, but contract talks have still stalled with all of your rest- or UFAs. And I think to the point I made earlier about there's too many fucking bodies and not enough jobs, um, all of a sudden you kind of have a perfect scenario where you can kind of do the St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators thing of, are we a contender? No. 
Uh, so we should probably still move on from some guys, but we're not going to be so bad that we're going to be in the lottery. So we basically just hold on to these guys um, until we get an offer we like, and we're happy to keep them. We're happy to not. But in a perfect world, you can kind of spin it where you get some assets at the deadline while remaining competitive. Do we think that's something this team could feasibly pull off? Or do we think knowing what we know about ownership and their attitudes towards making the playoffs, if this team is still competitive, you know, two more weeks from now and they're very much in the hunt, do you think they'll offload anybody or they probably just keep the guys and, and you know, evaluate from there? I think knowing this this management uh, team and, and ownership, I think they're going to hold on to these guys um, and see where they can get. I think I think that I think management is confident that they're going to going to sneak into playoffs. I don't think it's unrealistic that they, that they make playoffs. Like I really don't. It's really early to tell crazier things have also happened and Mm -hmm. they're picking up momentum. Right. And, you know, speaking of our guy backland, like, you know, he's, he's stepping up doing captain things and, and telling the boys, like, put all this aside, like put all the trade talks aside. You know, if you really want out of here, there's the door, like then, then go, go. And, Mm -hmm. You know, in the meantime, like we need to play, we need to play to win. Like it's early in the season. We're not, at, we're, you're not out of it. They're not out of it. They really aren't, no. especially in the last couple of games. They've showed that, you know, they're, they can play, they can, they can play against tough teams. And, um, you know, they've, they've made some jumps in, in the last five games in the standings. And I don't think it's unrealistic that they can sneak in at least a wild card spot. I really no, don't. So no. I, think, I think management is going to just kind of hold on to these assets and and uh, and just see what happens. And then you know if uh, if something comes up that they like, that they think that will be good for the future of the team, and could maybe help in the playoffs, maybe move a guy. But I re- I don't see it. I think they keep the team together. My follow up to you would be: uh, Would you like to see them offload the assets, or would you prefer that they kind of just fucking yolo it and have the best team out there maybe make the playoffs maybe go on a you know your favorite fucking team ever's florida panthers stanley cup type run yeah um that's a that that's a tough one that's a tough follow-up um man <laughs> i think uh so i i can i can let you know what my thoughts are and you can let me know yeah what are your thoughts you know, yeah. what, what you think about it yeah. While you kind of ruminate I'll over call, there. I'll copy, you. Off of your, I'll copy off of your sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> make, don't make it obvious, okay? Yeah. Uh, but also, feel free to interject at any point here because I'm kind of just spitballing. But I made the point last week that it's pretty clear that this group of personnel, again, to the topic of archetypes, doesn't really work. Yeah. Not enough that you're like, wow, it's so glaringly good jumping off the page. Good. We're a contender good that you wouldn't want to mess around with the mix too, too much. So I'm kind of all for it. If you can get a great deal for Noah Hannafin at the deadline, if you can get a great deal for Elias Lindholm at the deadline, who both of which have looked checked out at times. And I know you can't bring it night in night out for 82 games. It's just unrealistic, but like there have been some like glaringly bad nights from Elias Lindholm. Noah's a little more steady, but in Rasmus's, you know, absence, it was up to Mac and Noah to step up and, you know, certainly it wasn't enough in, you know, a 0 and 6 stretch that saw them get absolutely obliterated in front of everybody yeah. at the Heritage Classic, among other things. Yeah. So Noah uh, and sorry. So Noah and uh Elias, just to finish my point, if you can get something great for them, great. Um Chris Tanev, I don't think you're gonna get much for anyway, because he's injury prone and you know, getting a little bit I mean, that's so fucking rude. He's not injury prone, but he just plays a a very physically demanding style of hockey where he's throwing his face in front of pucks. And that has a higher rate of injury than if you were to play like, I don't know, a guy who doesn't hit mm. uh, Alexander Semen. Uh, so yeah, Chris Tanev is going to be tricky. And then Zadorov, I think you have to move, right? Because yeah. he wants out and might be part of the problem question mark. I don't know. I love everything you just said and mm-hmm. i am in complete agreement. um i'm totally i said don't make it obvious dude no i know i'm joking um <laughs> no you know what those are really good points uh i've been saying for a while for a while now i really don't think 
moving Hannafin to get something better for the future of the team would be a bad thing. I really don't think Noah Hannafin is a make or break piece. Like he's a good D man, but I don't think he's detrimental to the team's success. Um, so I think if you get a good deal for Hannafin, ship him. Absolutely. I completely agree. Zadorov, I think it's just, I, this is just me being biased because I love Big Z. I always have. Um, mm-hmm, me too. That one cut me deep that. when he asked for a trade. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it did cut me deep too. So I, I keep saying myself, and I think this is just me trying to like justify the fact that he's my boy. But yeah, um, I think it's maybe just hot air. I think he's just mm-hmm. shooting it mm-hmm. out there just to Blow see what type of feelers are there. And he might just kind of sit on that, you know, partially empty threat and and see how the team does in the next, I don't know, till maybe mid-December, end of December, and make his decision then if it's uh, if he actually does want to get out or not. Um, it could be also just a power play. It could just be like, you know, I want out. If I want out, other guys are going to want out. So let's do something here because – you can see it like Big Z is a passionate guy. He always has been on every other team he's played on. He, you know, he wants to win. He wants to be successful. He tra- he's he got brings- all the tools, man. He's he, got he has all the tools. Tool. He brings, every he brings single one. everything to the table. And, you know, if there's a guy like that, that's, that's requesting a trade in the locker room, that's scary. Like I would, I would hate that to lose a guy like that. So it could just be an absolute power play. Um, and he's Russian, and I'm not saying that in like a bad way, because whatever. Whoa, but okay. <laughs> no, right. no, not in a bad way. But I'm just saying, like he's he knows. I think he might know exactly like how to drop the hammer on management and be like, "Let's figure this out here, boys." Like, come mm. on. Mm. Okay, okay, I like it. You know, I will. Last kind of point I'll bring up to to this topic is, you know, I I think you you mentioned that Noah. You don't think he's like so earth shatteringly good that he's like worth keeping around you know at, at a make or break type level and he's a solid I, demon, but i don't he's, think yeah, he's, he's detrimental like to the team like i don't think to like, give him devon tames him, money I don't think it would it would kill the team's success like i don't think we'd drop four fucking games you know yeah and, and i hear you i i'll say if it was based purely on play and talent like my my preference would be to keep all three of them Right, mm-hmm. I would actually like to keep Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and Nikita Zadorov in a vacuum, but if I have to overpay you, and you don't actually even really one hundred percent want to be here, then it's just not going to work. Because yeah. to your point, like Noah Hannafin is a good defenseman; he's going to have a long career. He's going to play. He already has played a million games, right? Yeah. Like he's got pedigree. He's a great. And he's hockey very player. young too. Not a lot of people understand Absolutely. that he's very young. young. He's. I think he's like twenty six. Especially as a D-man too, right? He's like been, guys are just figuring it out at 26. Yeah, and it feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, but so I, I can't I can't have you if you're not 100% in. I think that's part of the whole culture thing. It's yeah. like you got to have dogs. And oh. if you ain't barking, then, oh. you know, if you're not 100% in, then eh, exactly. you're probably better off going somewhere else. And we're probably you're probably better off going somewhere where you're 100% in because look at what that did to Matthew. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And if you're not 100% in, you'll end up like Johnny. You'll end up like Johnny. Poor guy. Right? If Bench. you're wishy-washy. Um, yeah, I it. agree with Tanov, the, the Tanov point too. It's, it'd be tough to get a good return for him. So I just I, I would just sit on that contract. He's a, I think he's a decent team guy too. I think if if the team starts seeing success, I, I don't think he'd... Totally. If this team is like in the hunt till the very bitter end and like... Noah Hannafin's money's off the books. Zadorov's money's off the books. Like you need somebody to play like in your top four on the right side. So why not bring back Chris Tanev? Yeah. Who will probably want like a decent little clip, like nothing earth shatteringly yeah, crazy. Crazy. He I think the I, I think the big hang up is term. It's like what does the term look yeah. like? Right? But yeah. I mean he's getting up there in age too, so it could be you know, he could, he could take a, take a smaller, smaller term contract and not a huge, not a huge amount either. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. He's got a bum shoulder. Like you got to, he's yeah. got to know that. Like, so. Do you yeah. see the video of uh Hanny and Tanny hanging out at like team sports or whatever the hell it's called? I don't know. No. It's, uh, oh, the, like, uh, 
the thing with all the uh, the the floor hockey and the in the um yeah have you seen that store is that like a south thing i don't know have you seen Not that store? Sure. i don't know i saw some team. videos i just thought it was just team team content team something team stuff yeah okay anyway this is terrible radio but good fellas i don't know yeah they're good boys all good they're good guys <laughs> hanny and danny guys. Yeah, uh, good boys. Keep try hard love the game and at this fucking whatever sporting good store this you know, not sport check is what we'll call it. Um, they, there's obviously like a display of Oilers jerseys because there's a lot of Johnny come lately's in this bum fuck town that, uh, you know, anyway, we'll get into it. Um, all they got going for them is Rogers place. Literally. That's it. Honestly, the area surrounding it for a very long time was shitty. I've been told it is great, but if I don't go up to Edmonton, unless I absolutely have to. So I, uh, I'm, I'm from, ish kind of up and around oh. those parts my, oh. whole fam- my whole family is like my whole family lives in edmonton i'm there all the time i was okay. just there this past weekend and like trying not to be biased toward calgary but it's just it's a, it's just an old it's an old industrial yeah. city and it just you know they're trying they're trying they're doing their best mm-hmm. but it's just not nice it's not a nice place it's not a- <laughs> It's the nice, the nicest thing they got going for Mr. Rogers' place, but don't go behind it because <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's not funny. Because over on one hundred and ninety third, you're gonna get stabbed it's, or something. Uh, yeah, it's not fun. I've you know yeah. I've, I've taken a couple walks, walks around that building, being a little lost, and it's just I'm kind of like, what? Where am I? Like, am I in the projects? Like in Las Vegas? Holy moly! Yeah, because I actually also yeah. got lost in the projects of Las Vegas, and that was terrifying. So that's that sounds scary. So I've, if you want to yeah. branch off more onto something completely different, I can tell yeah. you that story. But you know what? We'll we'll save that one for the one that goes up on Patreon. Yeah, for another for another pod. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so now we're in Nashville. Uh, we'll do like a quick. We'll 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 touch on this really quickly, just because um, we're kind of running along for time here. Um, it's just so easy to you know, get wrapped up in the minutia. Um. So starting off in Nashville. I don't know what the score is. Is it still the intermission? It's 2-1, second period, 9-54 left. 2-1 for who? Uh, sorry, 2-1 Nashville. Oh, you're uh, killing me. Okay, you yeah. need to win tonight because coming up is murderer's row of, what is it, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, in no particular order, and then mm-hmm. maybe back Vegas back of the crib or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's tough, getting gross. Tough roadie. Tough, tough, tough couple on. games here. Gut check time, some would say. Absolutely. Um, because because of your start, to be completely candid. If you started a little bit better, you wouldn't have to fucking have a monster road trip here. You could have like a mid-road trip, but it's getting late quick, as yeah. they say. Um, so what does success look like for you on this trip? What games are you expecting them to win, if any? And... Um, you know, on the other end of it, if this is a fucking dire road trip, maybe, you know, goes completely tits up and they lose in Nashville and they lose in Dallas and they lose in Colorado, they lose in Vegas. Is that enough for you to pull the plug on the season? If they lose all of those games, all of these yeah. games, then yeah. that that changes the opinions a bit. Like that. Definitely... All of a sudden, you're something like seven, twelve, and three. You've got kind of like an Oilers esque points percentage. Yeah. You might that's be tough. Toast. It is. Yeah. That, that's a tough. That's a tough way to come back. And and the big thing is, is that's just tough to come back from as a team. Like just totally. to build off of like in the locker room, like the conference is gone. Like who's to blame? You're looking at the goalies. You're looking at the defense. The defense and goalies are looking at the forwards because they're not producing. Whatever the case might be, that's a tough tough look um but i think uh i think the team might see some success in dallas they usually play really really good hockey in dallas uh that's usually a, a fight and a scrap to the finish yeah um, usually they have a good record usually they have a good record against dallas so i think if they're going to get a clean w um on this trip here i think it'll be in dallas um me and some of my other uh, pals joke about how it's always the teams that are just awful, just dog shit, terrible that 
that uh, should be an easy win for the Flames that they just get worked by. For sure. Uh, and it's always the teams that are like, you know, wagons, Stanley Cup champions in the past and just you got stuck on the team and all the pieces are there and they win somehow. So this could be a surprising road trip. I think they could maybe best, uh, I think they could maybe best Vegas as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, uh, I think Vegas is a team that even though they're, they're really hot right now, I think they, they can get past that, that line of defense and, and the goaltending. Um, not, not like knocking the goaltending, but I just think that if other teams have done it, which they have this year, that have been, you know, not the greatest team to play against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, I think the Flames can maybe get a win out too. So, you know, it might not be a perfect road trip. It could be, a, it could be a, like a, you know, a two, two and one kind of deal, or a one, two and two, or I don't know, but. You know, we'll get we'll get a win out. We'll get some points, and I don't think it'll kill the team's morale. I don't think it'll kill the momentum. If anything, I think it'll stay pretty consistent. Yeah, and actually, to to kind of build off what you're saying here, like, yeah, I don't see a scenario where they get fucking rolled. You know, go o four and o, no points at all on this yeah. road trip. I think I'm glad actually that they've had some time since their dire start to go on this road trip. Um, because they've they've really started to build some chemistry and some belief. More importantly, they've you know fallen behind in a few of these games and may not have necessarily won, i.e., against the Leafs, i.e., against the Islanders. But hard fought point, losing a shootout, nothing to kind of hang your head yeah, over. That's a toss up. I think they should axe the shootout. You know, but what is the alternative? What exactly. is the alternative? It's, is my question. Right? I think uh, I think Biz Nasty said today that you just make it. Uh, you make it ball hockey rules or something in the OT. Keep the five, keep the five minute three on three, but make it like international ball hockey rules where if you so like no offside or anything like that. Yeah, that... like it's like if you cross the red, you're in you're in the offensive zone, and if you okay. leave the offensive zone, you get penalized. So which oh. could make things. Which so could you can't make go things, over and back. You can't go over and back, so it could make yeah. things interesting uh, that way. Exactly. Like I don't know what the alternative. Both teams get a point. I don't know. Like tie like dude i actually don't hate ties like i i i'm a soccer guy it's like if it's a tie it's a tie it's okay it's tie, man. Yeah. everybody gets a point because i think shootouts are just absolutely it, it's it's for the fans i get it and, and it's just to get the game done and over with quicker but it's a it's a flip of the coin it's coin toss and yeah. like you know you could have a team you could have a team that's just 10 and 0 on the like in the last 10 and you know, they're unstoppable and like they got one bad bounce that game and it gets forced to OT, doesn't get solved and it goes to shootout and they just have one guy that just makes a little toe drag and pops it in. Like that's, that's tough. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, the lone thing I'll say in terms of like where I differ with you here is just, I don't, I don't dislike the shootout. I mean, who doesn't like a shootout, but. It doesn't really like move the needle for me. And yeah, when it comes down to it. Like, if 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 somebody had something that was better, I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. But I don't think we have something that's better, and I don't think it's so terrible that you know, to my earlier points or to yeah. what I said earlier, like we have to go to ties. Just what's yeah. wrong with the tie? Like, yeah. I would still rather a shootout over a tie, but nothing's yeah. wrong with ties either. I don't think. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially like, I let's go fucking like. Why is there fucking? overtime in the regular season anyway right we're all just jockeying for standings the yeah. see in soccer where the result of your regular season campaign like your your season where you play everybody home and home twice they're okay because that's the big fucking trophy that's the trophy everybody wants to win yeah and they're like yo it's a t- if it's a tie it's a tie whatever man you got 37 more games all right uh but hockey, where we actually don't give a fuck about the President's Trophy. In fact, it is actually cursed. Nobody wants to win the yeah, President's Trophy because it. that means you're going to lose in the first round. We're so eager, McBeaver, to be like, this has to get drawn. Somebody has to win. Yeah. Why? Who cares, man? It's yeah. the Hurricanes in the Wild. Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I want, the, I want to see the Wild do better. Not yeah, even a Wild, not even a wild fan. I just want to see them make it past the first round. <laughs> like. 
Yeah, I, but it's been a it's been a wild since the fans in Minnesota have Love that. been happy with their Love hockey that. team. Thank you. Where are we at here? We're we're getting late. It's getting late quick, as they say. So, um, Colin, thank you very much for chatting with me. Uh, it's been great. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Uh, now is your opportunity to plug anything if you have anything you want to plug. I know you're a personal trainer to the stars, so um, yeah. I don't know. New Year's Eve, New Year's resolutions right around the corner, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take the opportunity to plug myself a little bit. Uh, you know, if you know me, I've been a personal trainer for almost 10 years, and um, yeah, I work with a lot of hockey players. So if you know any any young hockey players or lacrosse players, athletes that want to get better, send them my way. If you just want to get a little fitter, feel a little better, check me out. My handles at the bottom here at the Irks and uh, shoot me a message. And I also represent a supplement brand called BioEdge now. Oh, oh. So if you uh, hit, you go check out uh, at the Irks on Instagram, you can click the link and uh, go shopping for some cool supplements if you're into that kind of thing and use my uh use my discount code for i was gonna say tell why don't you give me your radio hit man tell me a little bit about BioEdge, why you like it and don't forget to drop that promo code in there <laughs> yeah uh BioEdge, yeah it's a natural supplement company uh they do a really good job of uh producing some fantastic products um they taste great. Like a lot of natural supplement companies have a bad rap for just tasting like garbage, but you know, this one's right. actually what what's in your stack? What are you what are you you know frequenting? Uh, they do a they do a gut health product. Um mm, gut, gut health gut regular. Yeah, keeps you regular. Also, just uh you'd be surprised how important gut health actually is. It helps decrease inflammation if you have a proper functioning gut. Uh yeah, decreases inflammation and also has links to um depression anxiety uh energy levels sleep patterns things like that so it's a super important thing to look into so i love that uh i like the hydration aminos and the pre-workout as well they all taste really good and keep you keep your roll and keep you keep your energy hot for the gym so if you're into that kind of thing hit me up shoot the link and yeah have some fun we'll connect Excellent. I'll uh, I'll have to hit you up for that link for that gut health shit after this uh, road trip if everything goes bad. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Avoid that. Helps. Yeah, oh. some stress too in there maybe. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you very much again, Colin and uh, Cody. Thanks again for recording this fucking thing. And uh, we'll see you next time. week. Red, 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 red.